0: Ash Wednesday is the day when, more than any other, we gather as God's people, and we face the reality of our sin and our mortality. We sin, and we will die. Those aren't exactly the happiest realities that we face And actually much of our culture and much of our lives are taken up with avoiding those very realities. From a self-help industry that declares that we only need to think more positively about ourselves to live live our best lives. To a beauty industry that convinces us that we can fight the signs of aging. To a medical community that sometimes seems to care more about the quantity of our days than their quality. Everywhere we turn, we meet efforts to hide the realities of sin and death. But realities, they are. And our avoidance of them doesn't make them any less real. And so today, as we enter the season of Lent We take the time to face the truth. We sin, we will die, and there is nothing we can do to change that. So how do we respond to these truths? In Joel, God calls for Israel to fast and weep and mourn, and those are all appropriate responses. Because our sin is ugly, and our mortality is cause for grief. And so today, together, we repent. We pray long prayers of confession. We pray psalms of repentance. We do a thorough spiritual house cleaning. We pull out all the furniture, look in all the corners where our pride and our rebellion and our idolatry tend to pile up. We stop trying to hide our sin from ourselves, from God. And there is a kind of grief, a kind of mourning to this. As we lay everything bare before God, all of the ways that we have rebelled against him, And we confess that we are helpless to save ourselves. And today, here, together, we remind ourselves of our deaths. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I say this as I place ashes on your forehead. I say this no matter how old or how young you are. I have said this to 90-year-olds and to babies. And every time I say this, it is a powerful moment. Because as I speak these words and you receive the ashes together... We are proclaiming that one of the results of the sin and brokenness in our world and in our lives is that these bodies of ours will die, and there is nothing we can do to change that. There is grief and mourning to this. And yet, Jesus said that the truth will set us free. And so as we speak these truths of our sin and of our death, there must be freedom. And that freedom comes when we admit that we cannot save ourselves from our sin and death, because then we are free to receive the salvation that God can and does offer to us. That is what we hear in the words of Joel. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Return, return to the Lord our God. Return to the Lord our God for he is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love, return. It is the drumbeat that sounds through all the scriptures. It is the invitation that lies at the heart of the gospel. Return. It is an invitation that God gives to all of us, and it is an invitation that is the most important one we could ever receive. That's what God's call in Joel makes clear. Call a solemn assembly, he says. Gather the people, consecrate the congregation, Assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Babies and old people, everyone is supposed to come. Brides and bridegrooms are supposed to leave their bridal chamber and join the congregation in returning to the Lord. There is nothing that could be more important than this. Nothing could be more important than what we do here today. Because as we face the reality of our sin and of our mortality, of our inability to save ourselves, then we also face the reality of God's love. God's love that not only calls us to return, but makes a way for us to return. God's love that comes among us in Jesus of Nazareth. God's love that propels Jesus to the cross of Calvary. God's love that reaches into the darkness of death and raises Jesus back to life. God's love that plucks us out of our sin and our death and brings us into his holiness and his life. Today, we face the glorious reality of God's love. And that's why when we receive these ashes in just a moment, with the words that remind us of our mortality, we receive them in the shape of a cross. The shape that represents not death, but love. We receive these ashes to remind us of our need for a savior, and we receive them in a way that marks us with our savior's love. Yet even now, return to me with all your heart, God says, for I am gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding, abounding in steadfast love. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.